Welcome, everybody, and thank you for listening to the Gina Bianca podcast. I am Gina Bianca, and I'm so grateful to be here. Glad that you're here, too. I hope that you had great holidays with your family, and Happy New Year. We're about to hop into this brand new decade, 2020. I am so, so, so excited. And today, we're going to talk about training programs for the modern world. This topic uh, has been brought up many times to me. So many people struggle with training. Uh, The big thing that salon owners struggle with with training, and it's something I've seen with tons of people that I coached, a lot of stylists, I've experienced it myself, a lot of people don't know how to train because so many people will take the training and then leave. So I would love to share with you a lot of information about salon ownership, training programs, some stuff that I've gone through. This podcast has a lot of different information. I didn't want to just jam a training program down your throat because learning it through a podcast podcast isn't how we create a training program. We create a training program by creating strong systems, strong culture, having the right people go through the training program, and we must follow through and hold ourselves accountable. So I'm not going to sit here and go step by step to make a training program. I'm going to share with you lots of stuff that I've learned along the way, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I think a training program should include. I'm going to share with you a post from my mastermind group, which kind of inspired all of this. And I'm just going to give you some info and and just some some history of what I've gone through with training, what's worked really well, what I didn't like about my training that I got when I was, you know, first starting out behind the chair. A lot of good stuff here. I'm so excited that you're here again. And before we get started, I'm going to just read a quick review from the Gina Bianca podcast. Thank you guys so much for writing reviews. You guys are amazing. Five-star review. I'm obsessed with Gina Bianca. I've always learned something new from her, and her knowledge motivates me like no other. I'm very impressed by the younger generation of stylists who are whip-smart at building their business. I've been doing hair for 27 years, and believe me, there's never been anything to help us build our business like what we have today here. Gina Bianca is the best. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. That's literally so amazing. Thank you guys for writing reviews. I really appreciate it. Again, if you love this episode, take a screenshot, share it to your story, write us a review, DM me, anything. I just like, I'm so grateful you guys are here. All right, let's get started talking about training programs for the modern world. Welcome to the Gina Bianca Podcast. All right, so here we go. Here is the post that inspired this podcast, and it was in my mastermind group. If you don't know what my mastermind group is, I'll tell you about it later, but this is the post that started it all. Hello, this question is looking for advice from salon owners or stylists who can contribute some positive feedback for me. I own a commission salon in a higher end area. Base commission is 40%, and if you maintain 10% retail and commission increases as your sales increase. Okay, so anyways, she's just giving a little context on how she pays. I have no add-on fees at all, i.e. per ticket, color charges, back bar, housekeeping, or whatever else that some salon owners sneak in there. My stylists are employed with a W-2 with their employment taxes paid. I pay for everything, including the astronomical credit card fees. I have an issue with the sweet culture we are living in, which are not salons. I feel like I give my employees everything I have, and I do all that I can to build them. Not all, but some stylists, as my husband says, are always looking over the hill for the bigger and better things, meaning bailing and going into a suite. 
I'm kind, giving, and literally giving every dollar and minute I have to the salon and my employees. My monthly costs are insane to run the salon. I've even seen here negative talk about commission salons and pay, but I don't think stylists have the vaguest clue of what goes into being a salon owner and having employees. How else can I attract and maintain employees and their loyalty and show them our specific clients are looking for the whole salon experience and not a suite? Okay. So as I read this, I was like, I know that resentment and I know the feelings of being a good salon owner and getting fucked. <laughs> I know the feelings of putting everything into people, building their columns. They come to you. They don't even know how to hold a comb. And then they leave. And you're just like, what the hell am I doing this for? I know those feelings. So when I was reading the post, I was like, oh, my God, 911, we must help her because I know those feelings and I know how frustrating and how depressing it can be to build the sandcastle of your business and watch the ocean aka the industry and the climate of our industry wash it all away it's very unforgiving and it sucks a lot of the time so I understand so this was my response and this is what's gonna kind of start our episode the whole thing is, is that booth rental isn't going anywhere. You have to meet the needs of your stylist, but also take great care of yourself. It's hard not to build resentment when people leave, but the only reason you have resentment is because you have a rule somewhere in your life saying the only way you're a good salon owner is if people stay forever. That's not realistic. People are always going to leave you. You have to always be training ABT. Being a salon owner is about giving back to the industry, not the other way around. The happiest salon owners give back the most and are throwing parties for their people if they decide to move on. The thing is, is you need clear systems and boundaries, and you need to present them in a clear way for your stylist to transition into the next growth factor of their career. They need to know what is coming next or they're already gone, okay? You need to always, always, always have an exit strategy and always have two to three people ready to replace your stylist if they decide to move on. So what do you guys think? Do you agree with me or not? <laughs> I know that some people won't agree with that, but that's okay. I think that uh, a huge thing for a salon owner, if you're a new salon owner listening to this, I want you to listen very carefully to me, okay? You may have the most amazing, amazing team in the entire world, but don't get caught in the honeymoon phase where you think that this is permanent. Because when we get caught in the phase of we think all of this amazing happiness is permanent, we fail to protect our business. We get too comfortable, too content, and then something's going to come in and rip the rug out from under you. And I'm not trying to make you anxious, but I'm trying to let you know that if you have five gorgeous, amazing, talented stylists, you better have two assistants training because two of them might leave at any time and it could turn your business upside down something that happened to me um and it was it was just like it sucks to talk about but you know something that happened to me I had a bunch of stylists working for me we had 1500 square feet every time we would come out of the wash house there wouldn't be enough chairs and my staff were getting so annoyed with it and I was just like oh my god oh my god what do I do what do I do what do I do now if I could go back in time and shake myself, smack myself a couple hundred times in the face and say, Gina, 
All you have to do is expand your hours and everything will be fine. I would have done that. But guess what I did? I didn't want to make anyone upset. I didn't want to make anyone work more. I didn't want to make anyone have a different schedule. I didn't want to rock the boat. So instead, what was easier for us was to do a $100,000 expansion. And then the day that it was done, two of my girls left. And guess what? I forgive them for that. I don't care. During that time, I wanted to burn everything down because I was like, I am so in debt right now. And I did this for everybody and they just fucking leave. What am I doing wrong? Right? And there were a lot of things wrong in my business culturally with me as a leader. And I fully accept that now. But I was in the honeymoon phase thinking that nothing can go wrong. And I went even further to grow my business during this honeymoon stage without building my foundation, building my training and being ready if something horrible were to happen, which it did. It happened to me. So if you're a salon owner and you're new, I would recommend uh, get out of the honeymoon phase. I talk to you guys all the time. You're like, I have such an amazing team. I'm so grateful. And I'm just like, good. How's your training? How's this? And they're like, we'll get there. We'll get there. And I'm like, girlfriend, don't bring another person until you're ready. So now that all that's out of the way, I want to share with you guys a little bit about the three experiences I had when I was first starting out behind the chair um, in the salon and the three training experiences that I have. So let's get into that and then we'll get into what factors actually create a training program and just to give you some inspiration and ideas on how to get started. Awesome. So the first place that I worked at, it was right when I was in hair school. Um, It was the best salon in Connecticut at the time. I did no research. I literally just wanted to work there because I knew if you worked there for two years and you got through their training, you walked into a full clientele. And I was like, boom, easy, done. That's down on the Gold Coast. We're going to be like the Gold Coast of Connecticut, right? We're going to be making so much money. It's going to be great. All I have to do is train. I'm going to get the best training, all of this. Uh, So I got there. I started. And I tell this whole story in my email book read this before you finish beauty school um but it's a good story and um you know I was there for like two weeks and when I realized that the training program was two years and I realized what I would be doing for two years I literally walked out (laughs) the first chance I got I walked out the training program was way too long you guys two years. I was a talented stylist, graduated from the best school in the country, Paul Mitchell, the school. I am not working two years before I put foils in someone's hair. I don't know. Some people might need that two-year confidence boost. And if you have a training program, you should make it flexible so that if someone does need a little bit more time, they can get it. But two years and leading with that, it is going to be really hard to find some people to go through that training. And it might be really hard a month in. You might lose a lot of people before 90 days because they might just be like this is not for me so the length of that training program was awful (laughs) the second place that I went had a great training program it was awesome I had an amazing mentor there was business and service education and the salon owner there was very transparent with us about numbers I learned so much from there Uh, the training program was about eight weeks until I broke $1,000 consistently, and then I could pick up hours behind the chair. So it was flexible. I could grow with it. It was awesome, and I loved it. The third place I was at, um, not the best experience. There was a lot of technical training, but she was trying to quote-unquote retrain me, which was very um, embarrassing. And it didn't focus much on business at all. So, you know, I think that a balanced training program is huge. And I'm going to share with you a little bit of what I think it should include. 
So now that I shared with you a little bit about my experiences in the salon starting out, I'd love to give you the four building blocks of what a training program should include or what you should think about when thinking about your training program. Um, I'm going to give you four of them, but there's so much more in this podcast, so make sure you listen to the end, all right? So number one, when you're thinking about a training program and you're thinking about what makes up a training program and you want to think about the principles of a training program, number one is you want to make sure that the right person is going through the training program or it's all for nothing, right? So you want to make sure that the right candidate is in this training program. And the way that you're going to find the right person is by not hiring out of desperation and by making sure that you use language in your ads that are really accentuating your culture and not your past experiences. So here's an example, and I'm just going to go off of what I did because I was an idiot when I was starting out. Somebody would leave and I would put immediately on Facebook, like less than 24 hours later, looking for loyal team members who are looking to stay for the long haul basically like saying looking for people who aren't going to up and leave because that's what I was looking for I was looking for older people like five-year stylists like I was looking for people who aren't going to make me retrain 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 but guys (laughs) that's the name of the game always be training so make sure that when you do an ad you're not saying looking for loyal long-term stylists make it looking for amazing talented team members to join our growing team or whatever make it about culture and not about your feelings okay that was one of the biggest mistakes and I was like why do I have enough applicants I nothing was ever enough for me as a salon owner by the way but I was always like why 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 aren't more people but my language was very like uh what's the word My language is very like, you must stay here. And that is not the real world, you guys. It's 2020. It is not the real world. You are always going to have people leaving. Everybody wants to grow. The number one thing is you want to make sure the right person is going through the training program. You got to make sure the training program is written down real. That's number two. You got to make sure it's written down and that they have something to see or else why are they going to come and work for you? Why would somebody come work for you and buy into a dream that's not even written down? That's number two. Make sure your program is written down with a time limit and it's realistic and most importantly, flexible. Written down, realistic with a time limit and flexible. You have to make sure your training program doesn't say, must get 500 models a day. People are going to look at that and be like, this is bullshit. I'm not doing it. This is crazy. People have a life too. And yes, you want to make it challenging. You want to make it earned, not given. But you want to make sure that the training program is at least get written down, realistic with a realistic time frame not two years five years that's complete bullshit nobody wants to do a two to five year training program you guys people want to grow and get behind the chair they want to know where they're going to be a year from now they want to know if they're going to be proud of themselves a year from now so as a salon owner as a business when we create our training program we want to make sure it has all of these elements so that when someone does sign up to work for our company they have that feeling of certainty security safety because the safer we all feel together the more we we will all grow together. So the more clear you can be, the better. So number one, remember, you want to have the right candidate for this position in this training program. Number two, you want to make sure the training program is written down, real, with a time frame, and realistic. The next step is you want to have somebody in charge of this training program. There needs to be accountability and leadership or else it's not 
real. Most of the time, the salon owner tries to add this into the million things on their plate. But honestly, the best thing to do is to coach and train your people up and have education leader as one of their growth plans, one of their places on the growth plan rather, that they can get to. If you can grow your team into trainers, they will train people to be just like them. It'll give them the sense of giving back and it'll take the whole, like the huge responsibility of training off your plate. If you want to be behind the chair, if you want to be running the salon, having a director of education will be able to guarantee you're always training and you're always following through. I would recommend having a director of education with your up and coming stylist for about eight to 16 hours per week working on the training program and then with them behind the chair assisting and learning the salon from the inside out the rest of the time. The training program has to be realistic with a ton of clinic hours. The only way you're going to be able to execute that is if you have someone in charge of it. You can't just throw your assistants in, hand them a binder and be like, here, do this. They have to have somebody there mentoring them. That connection and growth factor is going to enrich your culture so much. Not only is your team going to look up to your staff, your staff is going to be giving back and totally reigniting their passion through teaching. I've seen it happen hundreds of times. The only thing is, is you have to make sure that the, the director of education wants that position and is passionate about it. And before I move on from that topic, I know I'll get a million questions asking, what do you pay a director of education? And the thing is, you guys, there should be a salary associated with the work that they're doing to help grow your team. And it should be a great salary because they're helping your business grow. This is a full time position and I would give them time to do hair behind the chair as well, but make sure they can balance it and do not overwork them. And there should be a salary, a good salary. The people who are growing and training and retaining your staff, they should be paid. And if you don't have the budget to do it, what an amazing goal for 2020 to carve out a little bit of a amazing salary for somebody who's going to help grow that business of yours. And last but not least, number four, the best way to implement a training program and one of the biggest factors a training program needs to have, you guys, is you need to have the connection and love and acceptance factor in your business and your culture. Now, I want to break this down for you Um it's very important to learn this because I wish I had learned it as a salon owner because instead of leading with love, a lot of the time I led with sense of urgency and a little bit of fear. And a little bit of fear is good, but sometimes I would take it to the next level by letting my team know the stresses of the business. And a lot of the time I would do and say things without even realizing it that made people feel like they didn't belong. If someone wasn't hitting amazing numbers if you know someone wasn't doing as well as the other person there were times where I failed as a leader to point out what was right and focused on things that were wrong hoping that the sense of urgency would get people to ramp it up right so this was not what I recommend. Um, it is good to get everybody on the same page. It's good to have goals. It's good to have sense of urgency. It's good to have all of these things. But more importantly than having these things, I would recommend using belonging cues as much as you possibly can. Now, belonging cues are things that you can do and say that lets your team know that I see you, 
I care about you, and we share a future together. Now, belonging cues can be, hey, you're doing really awesome. I really love how you did that highlight. I really would love to have you show me that or show the team that. Like, that is gorgeous. I love that placement. Your, your client looks amazing. Really, really love that. I, I see you. You're doing awesome. That's amazing. Or you can come in and just be like, hey, girl, um, how's everything going? Awesome. Yeah, I noticed that yesterday you only pre-booked two of your people and you had six people. Can you just make sure that you're pre-booking everybody? Cool. Great coaching moment. Uh, I would recommend definitely sharing pre-book numbers and stats and digits and stuff during performance reviews and during scheduled time when you know you're going to be talking to them about that. However, I would focus more, especially with your new talent and with people you're training, on belonging cues. Let them know that you see them. Let them know that they're doing great, even if they're doing shitty let them know if they need to improve on stuff, but also let them know that you see them. They're a human being and not everything is easy for everybody. So if you have the right person going through the training program and you take the time to coach, if there's a system, the only time you might run into a struggle or a challenge is during growth. And that's great. So it's important when you hit that struggle moment that you're giving your team and your your newbie, you're giving them belonging cues to let you know that you see them and that they have a future there. It's good to have a little fear here and there. Like I would scare the crap out of my stylist here and there and just be like, you're late, blah, blah, blah. And just joke around with them to get them faster. And, you know, I always share in my classes that a little bit of fear is okay. So if you've heard that, yes, it's true. A little bit of fear is okay. It's good to have something on the line. It makes you, it gives you an edge. It's good. But that doesn't mean you have to make people feel like shit. And a lot of the times we don't know we're doing it because we've been in the game a long time. We paid our dues. We did this. We have already done the work and we're, our shit doesn't stink, right? And there's times when you saying something a certain way, a certain tone, or at a certain time, or when somebody is in a certain state that could destroy them. Let me give you an example. If I am behind the chair, I am brand new out of school. I've been doing hair six months. I'm in the salon I've always wanted to be at. I have so many mentors around me. The salon owner is amazing. I have so much here. The clients are great. They're a little bit ritzy. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm going to do a good job doing the best that I can, right? I'm behind the chair. I take care of my client. She doesn't like her hair. Uh, I feel like the big shame cloud, and you guys know what I'm talking about. The shame cloud happens when we fuck up some hair, when we a client isn't happy when things just go wrong and we have the shame cloud and the shame cloud is a very powerful thing so you giving non-constructive feedback or giving the opposite of belonging cues which could be uh, constructive criticism or being passive aggressive or doing things in passing with no context uh, those things can really kick someone when they're down and you not knowing their state before you coach them is a big way for you to fuck everything up. So if you're going to coach, I would recommend not doing it so much in the moment where it's going to give stress and anxiety to your people. There are certain things that are non-negotiable. If one of my girls is on the phone on the clinic floor, I'm going to pull her aside and be like, get the phone off the floor or I'm going to break it. Okay. That's what I'm going to tell her. <laughs> now, if my stylist is having a shit day, I'm not going to bring up something that's going to give her an even more shit day. I'm going to bring up something that's going to light her up, that's going to get him jazzed, that's really going to let her know that she belongs and that I see her doing the best that she can. I guarantee you, 
During your training program, if you lean into belonging cues, taking care of people, and really letting them know that you see them, care about them, and that you feel for them, you're going to not have crazy crazy turnover, you guys, because the connection, if it's a, a true connection and you truly care and you got the system set up and you've got people in charge of it and it's part of your culture and it's important to you guys – you're not going to have the turnover that you have if you just throw them in. It's night and day, and it takes a ton of work, and it takes a ton of time. So those four ways, uh, those four things that a training program should have, you know, accountability, it should be realistic, there should be someone in charge of it, it should be written down. Those are just the basics, you guys. If you don't have those things, you can spend months working on that, growing it, and implementing it. And it's not something that you're going to do tonight and then throw it at your team on January 1. That's not how it works, you guys. It takes so much time and you really are always growing the training program because the business is always changing. And if it's not changing and growing, guess what it's doing? It's dying. So just because you create a training program doesn't mean you're done. You're always going to be improving. It's what business is about. And if you take the time to do this, I guarantee you, you're going to have the team that you want and it's going to give you that satisfaction as a salon owner that we all want. When we walk into our salon, we want to feel like this is our business, this is our baby, this is our, you know, we've created this. And a lot of the times when we don't have systems, when we don't have procedures, when we don't have shit written down, you walk into the salon and you're like, whose business is this? What happened? What have they done? Guess what, you guys? We create all of our own problems. Everything that you do in your salon, every time you compromise, every time you say yes when you should say no, every time you hire somebody when you're not, uh, when your business is not ready to hire somebody, every time you skip on training, every time you do something that you know is going to take your business into a different direction, that's called compromise. One of my favorite mentors, Neil Dukoff, has a beautiful book called No Compromise Leadership. And no compromise has been part of my dialogue since uh, 2012. Uh, no compromise. And I got to tell you, have I compromised in my businesses way more times than I wanted to? but I know when I'm compromising and that's the difference. I can hold myself accountable and I can make the changes needed because I know when I fail, I know when I drop the ball, I know where all of the challenges come from and 90% of the challenges our businesses have is you, the owner, all of us. <laughs> and that's why not everyone should open a salon, right? Because there is way more at stake when you are a salon owner. All right, so I just gave you a ton of information, and I want to give you a few minutes to just think about it, download it, process it, and we're going to take a quick break, and I want to thank Alora Media for making this track for the podcast. It's a dope little beat, and I just uh, I think you guys will like it while you process and download. We'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Alora Media, for creating that track for us. I absolutely love it. Love that beat. So cool. So now that you guys have all of this information, I would love to add in a little bit more value for you and let you know that we do have a completed training program that we used at GBH on our website. If you wanted to start there, that training program is 60 pages and it includes a six-week training program for stylists and a six-month training program for assistants. So this training program is what we used at GBH. And just to give you a little bit about how we used it, I had one girl in charge of it. She was awesome. Um, She would spend the first week or two with the new talent. We would go through all of the admin stuff with them, the employee handbook, all of those good things with them. And then they would go through, check off all of the things they had to do for their orientation and onboarding. And then we had a combination of assisting on the floor and class hours. So this training program worked very well for us. And honestly, for the first like six weeks, they were going off the book, going off the book, checking everything off. And then after that, they were in the book like once a week, you know, so it was really like intensive in the beginning. And then the stylist is assisting, assisting, getting models. And it's very like once they get used to it, they kind of know what to do and they have the book with them all the time. So again, it's 60 pages or six weeks and six months in there and then in our mastermind group I'm also going to be sharing our assistant uh, express training program which is gates and that's one of our systems that we use to this day I use it at our events it's a super easy system if you don't know what to do this is what you do and that's gates that's one of our amazing systems so I'll be sharing that in mastermind along with a little bit of bonus content for this episode and if you're interested in that you guys the training program is $500 you can buy it on payment plan but it took me five years to create so (laughs) it is worth it and if you didn't want to create a training program from scratch this is a great option to get an outline and a blueprint that you can customize I'm confident you'll like the training program so much so that I'm going to be posting previews and mastermind as well I don't have any previews of the program online because I do not want anyone to steal my content but I will be sharing a little bit of the training program with you guys in mastermind it's just safer more trusted in there than posting everything publicly so if you are not in mastermind you guys GinaBianca.com slash mastermind you will find all the information there we do online education uh, hair business marketing and group support plus you get 10% off all of our classes and everything in our store only for $20 a month mastermind is the best and um, probably my favorite thing that I've created to this to this day you know it's really great to be connected with you guys outside of class and to keep that relationship and it's amazing to have a core group of people that I share all of our content with and I really love it so thank you for being in mastermind if you're there and look for all the bonus content from this episode in mastermind So before we go, I wanted to just seal this episode with a little bit of advice and um, a little bit more value for you. So a big question that I get is, Gina, what do I do if I put all of this training into somebody or if I create this training program that's going to pull my stylist off the floor, it's going to pull me off the floor, we're going to spend all this time educating, what if they leave? How can I protect myself? And the answer is this. In your policy manual, you should have in your non-solicit agreement, which we can talk about in a different episode, you should have in your agreement that if they do decide to leave within six months of any education that they do owe you that money back. And you can have that and they do stand up in court, you can hold a last paycheck, whatever. It's not something that you wanna do. It's not something that anybody likes dealing with. It's not something that's fun, however, 
clear is kind, unclear is unkind. Brene Brown. Um, that's a huge factor when an, owning a business is to have clear systems and expectations. So one of the expectations can be, hey, we're going to put you through a six-month training program. We're going to have one of our stylists off the floor for 20 hours a week training you and making sure you're the best that you can possibly be. Before I give you this position, I just want you to know that if you decide to leave within six months of completing any of our training, we do reserve the right to invoice you for that training. The cost of this training is $25,000. So before we get started, I wanna let you know about my 90-day probationary period. We're gonna get you you know, trained and going, but if at any time within 90 days you feel like this isn't working for you, can you please just let us know so that we can make sure that the right candidate is in this position? When you're honest and clear, you guys, it's much easier to run a business and it's much easier for your stylists. They just want to know what's going on. They want to know what's expected of them. And all you got to do is write it down. You got to write down your systems. You got to hold people accountable. And if you don't have time, you got to delegate it. <laughs> Newsflash, you are not the only person who can check off some boxes and guide someone through something. You are not the only person. And as controlling as we get about our uh, our businesses and, you know, we want to make sure everything is perfect. And I know a lot of us are perfectionists and all of the things, but you got to let go and trust and just write down the systems, write down the training program, get the system set up for your team, and then let people go through them. You're going to adapt and evolve. You're going to change stuff. It's never complete. There's always going to be more stuff you're adding, tweaking, adjusting. Training is all about guiding and coaching people through. As a salon owner, it's your duty. If you're busy behind the chair, if you're busy running the salon, delegate it, but make sure it's written down, make sure it's real, make sure you're holding people accountable, and make sure you've got a passionate, amazing person in charge of it if you can't be. It'll be worth every penny, and that's how you're going to keep your employee-based business running, by having two to three people ready to replace anybody who leaves. And if you build a brand that your clients are loyal to, if people leave, you might not lose as many customers as you think, and you'll have amazingly trained, beautiful stylist professionals who are ready to take care of those people for you and your company. So again, I hope you love this episode. Take a screenshot, share it to your stories, let me know what you think. Really grateful for the feedback and support. And don't forget to write a review. Take that two seconds. It made my whole day. (laughs) I appreciate you guys. Happy New Year, and I'll see you next Monday. Thank you for listening to the Gina Bianca Podcast.